blisters. Welcome to another episode of Trevor's Obsession. Um, you've probably listened to our last episode by now, uh, episode 123 of the main podcast. And you realize that this will be the last episode of Trevor's Obsession. Um, by the time you hear this, you should just have a week left to go before our Christmas Spectacular episode comes out where we're covering Donkey Kong Country 2. Which, if you know me at all and you've listened to this podcast for the last 120-something episodes, you know that I'm excited about Donkey Kong Country 2. It could very well be the final game to be Retro Bliss approved. But today, I wanted to give you another episode of Trevor's Obsession. And if all goes according to plan, it's going to go hand-in-hand with also the final episode of Johnny's Retro Herald. Giving you a two-for-mega-off-week episode. And uh, he's probably already said all this, so there you go. But also, this is uh, kind of a special little mini-episode to me because I wanted to give you all a taste of a new podcast I will be starting very soon. Um, A simpler, probably much shorter affair than Retro Blist. Um, Something that won't require me to, you know, get together with Johnny all the time but that I actually do hope he will join me sometimes to talk about board games. And that podcast will be called Cardboard Bliss. So check that out soon. It's not out yet, but it will be soon. I'll, I'll probably advertise it on the Retro Bliss page because I don't think Johnny's going to care um, <laughs> once we're not making new Retro Bliss episodes. But uh, this episode could be a taste of what you can expect. Um, I'm not completely decided on the direction to go with that. I know that you know you're our... Retro Bliss fan base, and although there's some overlap, you don't necessarily, you know, have to love tabletop gaming if you love retro games. They don't necessarily overlap, so I'm going into this knowing that you may not have much experience with these hobby board games, um, so I might get a little more in-depth, a little more meaty, maybe a little nerdy, you know, geeky on the actual Cardboard Bliss show, because I assume anyone checking out a podcast called called Cardboard Bliss, would expect that it's going to be about cardboard. Anyways, today's topic is Ticket to Ride. And you've probably heard this, if you listen closely, you've probably heard this talked about by Johnny and myself on our Retro Bliss podcast. It's um, it's a board game. It's actually a whole series of board games. started with one. There's a lot now. Where I'm going to talk very briefly about all of them. Um... And it's one that Johnny enjoys as well. So I think when Cardboard Bliss starts proper, I do think one of my first episodes is going to be dedicated to Ticket to Ride as a whole, or maybe even one specific version. And I really plan to get Johnny over for that one to really talk about it. But anyways, um, I'm going to introduce it to you, assuming you know nothing about it. Ticket to Ride is a game that originally came out in a year I don't know, because it's sitting on my shelf, and I should have grabbed it to tell you, but it's been a while now. It celebrated its 10th anniversary some years ago, because I have the 10th anniversary version. Um, And I mentioned in my first uh, Obsessions episode, the Ticket to Ride series, and also a game called Settlers of Catan. And if Catan sort of started the, the, the hobby board game revolution here in America, I think Ticket to Ride sort of um, was just like another major um, puff of wind in the sails of the hobby board game market. 
Like, it, it wasn't as early as Settlers of Catan, but it came soon enough afterwards that it really just, um, it just spoke to a lot of people, became very popular. Now, we're not talking Monopoly popular or Risk or Uno, but in the realm of what I call hobby board games, Ticket to Ride is extremely popular. It's so popular that it actually has some haters now, because, you know, everything that becomes popular eventually gets some haters. You know, I'm not above that. I hate on Fortnite, and I've never played the game. Um, but Ticket to Ride, in the realm of hobby board games, has become so popular that it actually has some haters now, just because it's so popular, which I can't stand that mess. Like, I, I have no room for that in board games, but again, I'm a hypocrite, because I hate on Fortnite. Never played it. Um, but Ticket to Ride started with the original, which is set in the United States of America, although the game uh, was designed by a man who I believe is British, and I could be 100% wrong about that. He might be American, you know what? His name is Alan Moon. I can't believe I'm blanking on that fact. That's really bad. Okay, well, you don't care about the history anyways, probably. But anyways, Alan Moon came up with this this game called Ticket to Ride, and um, it, it featured a USA map, and the general concept, I'm actually going to get into the actual gameplay, because board games, like video games, honestly, if I wanted to just rip off Retro Bliss, the hook, line, and sinker, I could for my Cardboard Bliss podcast, because every board game has gameplay, has graphics. Mel doesn't have audio. <laughs> Very few board games have audio, although there are some. There's a few. Um... But, except for audio, I could probably just rip off. Replay value, that's relevant. A multiplayer, that's relevant. You know, most board games are multiplayer, but, you know, some are two-player, some are, some are meant to be played solo. They're solo games just for one player. But anyways, I am going to get into the gameplay on this episode, but the general idea of all of the versions of Ticket to Ride, including the very original one, which is the simplest, most streamlined version, set on a map of the USA, the concept is, if you've ever played the card game Rummy, which I think most people have played, where you're just trying to collect sets, like, you know, three fives or three tens or aces, you know, queen, king, king, <laughs> queen, king, ace, you know, whatever. If you think of that idea, except instead of numbers and suits of cards, it's colors of trains. Blue trains, yellow trains, red trains. And it doesn't really matter what train is shown on the card. That's just for looks, and I love the looks of this game. But... It's, it's colors. You're collecting blues, pinks, reds, oranges, greens, yellows. There's also wild cards. The locomotives are wild cards. So you have that. Set collection is what it's called. You're just collecting sets of cards. And the point of collecting these sets is so you can play your trains on this beautiful, huge map, which is laid out on the table like your, it's your game board. Your game board is a map. And so, for example, and I'm just making this up. I don't have this particular version in front of me. But to get from, say, Raleigh to Atlanta maybe requires four red trains, and I'm just making that up. Maybe it requires four red trains. And what that means is you have to have four red cards, or wild cards, either or, and you can play those trains down. And you just take your colored pieces, everyone has their own color of actual plastic train cars, and you put them on that route of four, and you turn in your four red cards. You discard them. So it's Set collection and spending your resources. Your resources are your cards you're collecting. Uh, you might have a route that requires six cards, but it's grayed out, meaning it can be any six cards, but um, but all of one color. It could be six yellows or six reds, six greens, whatever. And the point is, you're making these paths on the board, 
and you're getting points just for playing your trains down. But the other part of it are the destinations. So you have these little tickets in your hand that say, by the end of the game, you want to get to from Miami, Florida to uh, New York, New York. You know, that might be a destination and it might be worth 10 points. But if you don't make it by the end of the game, you're going to lose 10 points. And you start with several of these, depending on the version of Ticket to Ride. You'll have to read your own rule book. You start with several of these, but you have the opportunity throughout the game to draw more. And it makes it surprisingly tense because you're just really hoping you don't get cut off and blocked on this map. It is hard for people to totally block you off, but it can happen. And it's easy for them to make it harder on you, whether they intend to or not. It's up to you and your friends how mean you want to play this game. It can be about as mean as you want it to be. Me and my wife, when we play, we are never intentionally mean when we're just playing two-player. But it happens that she lays down exactly where I was going to go. And uh, it's frustrating, but it's also part of the fun of the game. So yeah, that's that's it. You have the cards. You're collecting cards every turn. Or you're playing your cards to put your trains down and try to connect your destinations together. So um, I, I, the beauty of this game really is in how simple the core rules are. Literally on your turn, at least in the basic Ticket to Ride, and most of them honestly keep the same format, no matter what version you play. But again, the original Ticket to Ride which is set in the USA, is the easiest, most streamlined version, but still very fun and tactical and even strategic, but with enough luck to be fun for everybody. But literally, your turn is either take two cards, and you have a choice of face-up ones or the draw deck, or draw new destination tickets, if you feel confident you can make it to new destinations by the end of the game, or play your train cards to the table and claim that path. You know, play your three yellows to claim a path that's three yellow or whatever. That's it. Three options. Draw cards, play cards, and put your trains down, or draw new destination tickets. And as you complete destination tickets throughout the game, you don't announce it or anything. You just, you know, privately, you know, you know that, okay, I've completed that one. I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's it. At the end of the game, your score is going to be based on the actual train cards you laid down. And the longer a path is, like, for example... If you lay down three train cars on a path, that's four points. But a path that's six train cars long, in other words, it takes six cards to play it, is 15 points. So the more longer paths you play throughout the game, the more points. And then you add up your destination tickets that you made, and you subtract the ones you didn't quite make it to. And that's it. That is basic Ticket to Ride. The rule book is like two pages long for the original Ticket to Ride. I truly feel like anyone above the age of I mean, it, it depends on the kid, I guess, but I don't know. Um, but I'm going to say eight and up easily. I bet there's some six, six-year-olds, probably, seven-year-olds for sure that could handle Ticket to Ride, the original one. But eight and up, I'd say for sure. Um, and you know your kid. You know, some kids do mature quicker. Johnny and I never grew up, so it just depends on the kid. Um but that's, that's it. That's the cool rules, and that's the beauty of it. But there's so much tension. Like, your palms will get sweaty. Um, <laughs> my palms get sweaty playing this game. And I know it sounds silly. You're just picking up cards and playing them. That's all you're doing the whole game, laying your little train pieces down. But you're just hoping, oh, I've got to make it through here. I just need one more pink card, and I can play this path to get into Nashville. And I really need to do that. Um, but then this jerk over here, Johnny plays right where we were going to play, and now you have to figure out a way to get around, and it's just, it's so tense, but it's fun. 
I've never not had fun playing Ticket to Ride. I've lost plenty of times and been frustrated, but I've never not had fun. Um, so let me just go over the versions. Um, and I might leave one out, but I'm going to try to go over all the ones that I know of that have come out in North America, at least. Um, you have the original. It's just called Ticket to Ride. If you search for Ticket to Ride on Amazon, or if you walk into Walmart or Target here in the States, more than likely, this is the version you're going to see for sure. You might see others, but you're going to see this one on the shelf because it's actually popular enough to have it at Walmart now and Target. Um, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, those kinds of bookstores definitely should have it. Um, but it's just called Ticket to Ride. And honestly, you cannot go wrong. I'm going to give a little quick quip on some of these. You cannot go wrong with the original Ticket to Ride. Don't feel like you're getting a boring or bland experience with the original because it totally holds up. If I'm playing someone who's never played the game before, 90% of the time, I still pull out the original. You know, it's the one I've played the most, so of course I'm, I lean towards the other one sometimes. But just because I've played it so much, it's still great. I've gotten, it's one of the few board games on my shelves. I told you in the first Obsessions episode how many board games I have. So most of them, if I'm being fair, just don't get played that much. Ticket to Ride is one of the few games on my shelf that the box is worn. It looks like a worn book from a library because it's been pulled off the shelf so much. So that's high praise. And right after that, they followed it up with Ticket to Ride Europe. And it's set on a map of Europe. And it adds a few twists. Um, I think it's more challenging simply because it's a map of Europe. For us dumb Americans, I just don't even know where some of these places are. So you have to study the map for a minute. But hey, it's not a bad way to learn geography, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not perfect geography, but it's not a bad way to learn. Um, but the twist that Europe adds, it adds train stations. I won't go into detail, but basically it makes the game actually more open and friendly because you can place a train station and use a path that someone else has already used. Um, it adds, I believe it added tunnels and ferries, which is just new ways to play your cards, basically new challenges on the board. So it does add a few wrinkles. It's not quite as simple as the original, but it's excellent. And if Europe just appeals to you more than the original, you can't go wrong with Ticket to Ride Europe. It's still excellent, pure Ticket to Ride. With some new wrinkles, I would say if a seven-year-old could play the original Ticket to Ride, an eight- or nine-year-old could easily play Europe. You know, that, so it's not a whole lot more complex. And then we have Marklin, which is a gorgeous version of the game. It's actually the train cards themselves are actually model trains like their actual model trains on the cards, and that might sound really dorky, but it's really pretty. But it is one of the most complex versions of Ticket to Ride. It adds passengers. It's a passenger mechanic, and it's really cool, but I would not start with Ticket to Ride Marklin. I don't know for sure if it's even still in print, to be honest, but it is a really cool one, and I do recommend it, but I just wouldn't start with it. It's a map of Germany, by the way. That's the, the map on Ticket to Ride Marklin. Then we have the, let's see, what was the next? Oh, Nordic Countries, one of my favorites. If you're playing with two to three people, Nordic Countries is amazing. But it is unique in that it only can be played with two or three people. I should mention, most of the Ticket to Ride games go two to five. Uh, the original is two to five. Europe is two to five. Marklin is... Uh, Nordic Countries is only two or three players, but the map is designed to be tight and intense, even with just two players. So it's an awesome, and it looks like Christmas. There's snow on all the train cards. Uh, the map is just beautiful. I love the Nordic Countries version. Um, it added some of the twists that were in Ticket to Ride Europe. 
Um, so I would say it's another good one. I'm still recommending you start with the original, even if you just have two people to play with or one person to play with. But Nordic Countries is a great next step if you mostly play two to three player games. And then I think in the main line of big box Ticket to Ride games, I think the next one would be uh, Rails and Sales, which is the only one of the only ones I don't have. Rails and Sales um, is the only Ticket to Ride, honestly, that got a little bit of bad reviews, a little bit of bad buzz. Some people love it, but some people said it did too much. It's huge. You literally have a map of the entire world on one side of the board, but it is double-sided. On the other side, you have the Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada, so that's pretty cool. But it's huge, and it added boats. It's no longer just trains. Now there's also boats. Um, I've avoided it. I still want it. It would be an amazing Christmas present. Um, if I should hint to my wife sometime about that. But but it's just, I don't know how much I would play it because people say that they're not sure that it adds enough actual strategy to be worth the extra amount of time it takes. So I've stayed away from it, but I do want to play it sometime. But I would not recommend it as one of the first ones you get, just from what I've heard. And then, very recently, they came out with Ticket to Ride Germany, which is sort of like a simplified version of Ticket to Ride Markland that I mentioned earlier. So if you really want to play on a Germany map, but you don't want all that complexity, Ticket to Ride Germany is one that's come out recently. Okay. Sorry, I know that's probably more Ticket to Ride than you ever wanted to hear about. But wait, there's more. All those I just mentioned. Ticket to Ride, Ticket to Ride Europe. Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries, Ticket to Ride Markland, Ticket to Ride Rails and Sales, Ticket to Ride Germany are the base games, meaning you don't need anything else. It comes with all the pieces, all the train cars, all the cards, the boards. It comes with everything you need in the box. But then they do something brilliant. Days of Wonder, the company that puts these games out, they do something brilliant by releasing map packs. <clears throat> Sorry, i got to take a drink. Map packs are just what they sound like. There's destination tickets and a map. But you don't have the train cars or the actual colored train cars. You have to take those from one of the original games, like the original Ticket to Ride or Ticket to Ride Europe. But they're cheaper. They're cheaper than a full game. So it's a lot of extra replayability. and a lot. It's like an expansion in a video game, like a really good expansion. It's literally a map pack, just like in you know Call of Duty or Battlefield in that aspect, I guess. Um, and I'm just going to start with the first one. There are currently six. I believe that's right. Yep, there's currently six. The first one is a doozy. It's called Ticket to Ride Asia, and it's fantastic. It is a two-sided map pack for around $30, depending where you get it. You're getting two maps. Of course, all the destination tickets you need. There actually does come with, I think, some extra train pieces because it requires some extra ones. Um, but on one side of the board, it's a map of Asia that can be played with, I believe, it's two to four players. Has a few wrinkles to it, a few new twists. I'm not going to go into those. But the other side is team play. It's the only version of Ticket to Ride you can play with up to six players and on teams. Um, so up to six players can play uh, either two teams of two or three teams of two if you play with six. Um, and it's, it's really cool because you can't communicate verbally with your partner. The only way you communicate is where you put your cards when you draw them because you share the cards in a card rack. It is really cool. 
but do not start with it. But I would say if you love Ticket to Ride and a partnership game sounds fun to you, I absolutely recommend Ticket to Ride Team Asia as the first expansion pack because it is so good. Um, but it is a little more complex than the original, but not a ton. Then you have Ticket to Ride India, which is another great value. India is well known for being one of the most brutal and tight and ferocious maps. And it's a gorgeous map. Um, and the other side of the India board has Switzerland on it, which is a specifically two to three player version. So again, another great value. India and Switzerland are both in the same map pack. Map pack two. Map pack three is Africa. And it's just one map this time. It's also a little cheaper than the other ones. And it's a fun map. It adds. It is a really simple way to play the game, but it does add one twist. And I'd say I know for sure Johnny played this one with me and my wife. Um, it comes with terrain cards, like uh, you might be in the savanna, or you might be in the jungle. And it adds that little wrinkle to it. But again, if you just love Africa, it's a good enough reason to pick that one up. Four is the Netherlands, and it is another fun map. Spoiler alert, there's not a single bad map pack. Um, but I'll say Africa and Netherlands, neither are as essential as the first two map packs because there's just one map, but it's another fun map. It adds little toll bridges. That's the little twist that it adds. Map pack five is another doozy. Map pack five is Ticket to Ride United Kingdom. And it is the most, probably the most complex version of Ticket to Ride. It adds technologies, meaning you can actually upgrade your trains. You start out with a little pathetic weak train, but you can actually upgrade it to be able to, to go further, to go through tunnels. Um, it adds a lot of complexity, but it's really cool. If you're more of a serious gamer, you could probably get the original Ticket to Ride and then jump straight to that one and have a good time. And it's an amazing value because on the other side of that one, you have... Sorry. <clears throat> on the other side of that one, you have Pennsylvania which is very random. It's just one state, but it's an awesome map because it's a stock trading game. For the first time, they added stock trading into Ticket to Ride. So honestly, I think the Ticket to Ride United Kingdom and Pennsylvania map pack is probably the best value in map packs in Ticket to Ride because Pennsylvania feels so different. It's a stock trading game. It's probably going to appeal to people who like, you know, grew up on games like Monopoly. But then the other side is that more complex, meaty UK map. So I would not start with that map pack, but it's a great one if you end up loving the game. And then finally, the last map pack, I promise I'm about to shut up. The last map pack is Ticket to Ride France and Old West. And it's just what it sounds like. It adds France on one side, which adds some crazy twists to the game. And then the Old West on the other side, which is another map you can play with six players. Not on teams, like in the Asia one, but with six players. And it's a fantastic value. I love all the map packs, um, but if you get one of the ones that are double-sided, that's really your best value, which is all of them except for the Africa and Netherlands one. All the other ones are double-sided. So there we go. All together, uh, there's a ton of versions of Ticket to Ride and a lot of map packs. You ought to be crazy like me and get all of them. Everything I just talked about, I have, except for the Ticket to Ride Germany and the Rails and Sales. Um... And my, recommend, my recommendation to you, if you are, if you've never played Ticket to Ride before, is just to start with Ticket to Ride. Just start with the original, especially if you're from America. If you're from Europe, start with Europe. It's not that much more complicated, and you're going to know the geography, which is honestly half the battle. So, uh, our Australian fans, I really do believe 
that Ticket to Ride will eventually have a Ticket to Ride Australia. There's not one yet that I'm aware of. There's probably a fan-made version of it. There are fan-made versions of Ticket to Ride. That's how popular it is. Um, but yeah, um, I would say start with the original. And then pick one of your favorite. Just pick the map pack that appeals to you the most. But if you want to play on partners and teams, the, the Asia one is just hard to beat. If you just want some tight maps for fewer players, get the India and Switzerland map. If you want added complexity in that awesome Pennsylvania stock trading map, get map pack five. Um, but you, you just can't go wrong. That's the bottom line. But you can't go wrong by listening to this for too long. Uh, I had to pack a lot into this episode because uh, this is it for Trevor's Obsession. But it's not it for me talking about board games. Check out Cardboard Bliss coming soon. And um, in the meantime, just uh, keep on blisting. Ugh, it sounds awful. We never did come up with a good thing to call our fans. I do feel bad about that. out there. Welcome to the last episode of the Retro Herald. Now, I know you're saddened to hear that because these dulcet tones probably have gotten you by or <laughs> I can't say that it's a P- this is a PG show, uh, but uh, I'm sure these dulcet tones have helped you enjoy your life immensely more than before. <laughs> Wow, that was <laughs> this is a terrible start. Uh, yeah, I'm a jerk, and I'm sorry about that. And this jerk is Johnny Townsend. Thanks for joining me. Uh, before this, I'm sure you heard, or after, I don't know how these are being spliced together. We decided to give you a two for one. Uh, a Trevor's Obsessions, which barely got off the ground, sadly. But I think Trevor's bringing another podcast uh, to uh, pick up that slack, which is a good thing. He needs some sort of creative outlet, and he's very good at it. So, highly recommend whatever he decides to do that you follow that show uh, and follow. Oh my, I have too many shows, and I'm about to add another one. I'm fairly probably two if that Dawson's Creek thing goes through. <laughs> Hashtag Team Pacey. Now, uh, let's let's just get on with the show. You know, we got to We got to do this. This is going to be tough. This is weird saying that this is the last Retro Herald for me, even though the Retro Herald, in retrospect, is quite young. But, you know, uh, that's how things go. Speaking of going, let's go to the news! Soldier Boy! That's right, Soldier Boy! Now has video game systems. If you go to Soldier Boy's website, he sells headphones, watches, and video game systems. That's right, a handheld version, a one I'm fairly certain is trying to be an Xbox, and then one that's for some reason four hundred dollars. And of course, all these are from China, and this is no offense to China, but a lot of the video game stuff there is uh, sort of knockoffish. I'm fairly certain we've re- we've recorded about a few uh, on this show before. And uh, it's kind of the same thing. They're all just uh, full of emulations and apparently done pretty poorly. I personally have not, because and also I choose not to pay for any of those. But I've seen and read reviews. Not the greatest. 
They're just uh, ports of like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis games, etc., etc. That means, uh, and so forth and so forth. You're welcome. I know. I sometimes am. Oh man, what's the smart? Yes, smart. Sometimes I am smart. Most of the time, I'm unsmart, and I'm sorry for that. But Soldier Boy. Now, if you don't know who Soldier Boy is, let's go in a history lesson here. I don't know who he is either. Uh, only thing I know is he's I, he's a rapper. Now, uh, when I was younger, I did dive into the world of rap a little bit. Not a lot. I mean, very little. Uh, of course, Eminem, you know, because he was kind of big during my growing up period. And uh, DMX, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Those were probably my two favorites at the time. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's uh, that was kind of it. I don't know anything past the year 2000 when it comes to rap. So I believe he came after that. He had a, I think he's had a couple of hits in the rap world. I don't know this for a fact. I'm very ignorant when it comes to this, and I am deeply, deeply sorry. But he decided, and apparently he really truly does love video games. So he's like, let's get into the video game world. And that's what he's done, for better or for worse. But even, but they're marketing this thing with all these things they have no right to market. There's no way Nintendo gave him permission. There's just no way. They Nintendo would not even give their daughter or, or, or son permission to use Mario's likeness in something. They just don't do that. That's not what they do. They're fairly hardcore when it comes to their image. They will not allow it. One time, I wrote Nintendo, and this is the actual note. Let me get it here. There we go. That's fully worked for you. <clears throat> Dear Nintendo, my name is Johnny Townsend. I'm a lonely podcaster, and I would really, truly like to use Mario's image for a new podcast. This podcast, of course, is about how when uh, we're younger, we uh, we love to... Uh, put our fingers in places they shouldn't go. And then when we get older, that habit is hard to break. So please let me know if it's cool for me to use Mario's face for this. Thank you. Uh, XOXO, XOXO, Johnny Townsend. And they never wrote back, so I don't think it's going to happen. But my point is, they do not get permission for anything. So I don't know how he thinks this is fine. How is this okay? Right? How is this okay? And he's and what's even what's even funnier is that these systems you can get before Soldier Boy blasted his name all over them. That was a weird sentence. But before that you could get them for half the price that he's selling them for. So if he buys so he, he gets these systems and sells them, puts his name on it, and that apparently doubles or triples the price of said product. Just from that. Now, you got to be proud of yourself. And you need to have faith in yourself. That's why all Retro Blist uh, merchandise will be so marked up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we have plans for a $75 t-shirt. And I know it was going to sell through the roof. Uh, speaking of t-shirts, uh, we have plenty left. <laughs> if you really, If you really want to... Show us that you're sad that we're going to quit the show. Buy a bunch of t-shirts. Maybe we'll think twice. Huh? Huh? I think it's blackmail. I think I just blackmailed my whole audience. 
You're welcome. Or extortion. Is that the same thing? And I feel like I said that word wrong. This is a man losing it and rambling. And I am sorry. I think that's become my catchphrase. What's up next for In the News? Crash Team Racing gets a remake. That's right. Not too long after the Crash Trilogy gets remade, which was very good, by the way, and I forgot how hard those games were, but they look beautiful and they're fun to play. We get Crash Team Racing, uh, perhaps one of the best Mario Kart clone games out there. Most people do love some Crash Team Racing. They kind of did this one right, apparently. I've never gotten to play it. I've really wanted to play this game. So apparently now I will get that chance. Thank you for remaking this. I think it's coming out to all three of the systems. For the best, let's bring it on. Let's get behind the wheel as Crash, as the other characters. That's the that's the one thing. Like The Mario universe is vast. I mean, we just played the Smash Brothers Ultimate, Trevor and I, and the characters in Nintendo's lore is deep and wonderful. Crash doesn't have that, really. I mean, he does have some a cast of colorful characters, but I can't remember their names besides Crash. I know he has a sister. I don't remember her name. I don't remember the bad guy's name. Is it Cortex? Is that right? I don't remember. Uh, I know all the animals that help him out have names, and I don't know their names. But Mario, <laughs> I knew it from a Goomba. Uh, you know, Goomba comes around. And that's just a little peon bad guy. And I know him. That's how amazing Mario's world is. And how it's kind of, uh, you know, in our in our pop culture, as they say. However, I'm really looking forward to this game. I really want to play some Crash Team Racing. I want to beat Trevor at this game so I can at least feel I'm good at one kart racer. Here's a little behind the scenes of Retro Blist. And really just of Trevor and I's uh, uh, childhoods growing up. He and his brother, Derek, were always very good at kart racing games. And honestly, most racing games, from what I can remember. And uh, I rarely won from my memory. I can't think of a, honestly can't think of a, I'm sure I won once or twice. But considering we played hundreds and thousands of times, that percentage is quite low. They're both very good at this. And Mario Kart, I have a history of always getting screwed. Literally, it never fails. I get screwed on a constant basis on that game. And I'm not left with a smile on my face like you would think. No, nay! I'm quite angry about it. I mean, I'm going to win and a stupid turtle shell takes me out. <laughs> Up yours, Mario Kart. I'm all about that crash team racing. Let's bring it on. It'll probably happen to me on there, too. Let's just be fair and honest. But I'm going to be optimistic. And I am quite certain that I'm going to be good and better at Crash Team Racing than both of the Franklin boys with a Z. B-O-Y-Z. Because it's 1999 and that's how we do things. So that was it for In the News. Now it's time for a review. Trevor, on a recent episode of Trevor's Obsessions, did a 30-minute <laughs> a thirty-minute episode about Horizon Chase Turbo. I have since gotten a chance to play said game, 
And I really wanted to give my two cents. Now, Trevor obviously has had more time with it. Uh, when he came when he came over the other day, we played both uh, the new Smash Brothers game and Horizon Chase Turbo. So I've probably played about half an hour to 45 minutes of this game. And here's the thing with me, especially when it comes to, to Trevor. He's always been that way where he'll get obsessed with something, and I'll, and that's all I will hear about. And, you know, at first I'll be like, okay, yeah, I want to check this out, but then he just won't stop about it. And then I'll get to the point where there's no way it's near this good. And then I'll get to the point of, I don't care if it's the best thing ever, I'm just not going to play it. <laughs> because I don't know why I'm that way, but it kind of happens with me. Uh, however... I always come around and always, almost always try the game that he's obsessing about eventually. And then I'll be like, yeah, he was kind of right this whole time. And that's the case here. This game is amazing. It's pretty much if they made Rad Racer now is what you get here. There's ridiculous amount of tracks. Uh, there's a ridiculous amount of cars. I really love... I mean, if you want a full breakdown of this game, please go listen to that episode if you haven't already of Trevor's Obsessions where he talks about this. Uh, but it's um, it's a pretty amazing game. I mean, it's beautiful. It runs fairly well. I didn't notice any slowdown despite being so much happening on the track. Uh, there's so many tracks. They differ fairly easily. Um, uh, the tracks are short. Like, each race is going to be, be made from what I've experienced. Three minutes-ish long at most. But that's good. That works out kind of perfect for this. You because you will get frustrated. And if I'm if I'm racing a ten minute race and near the last part of it, I lose. I'm gonna be very mad. But a three minute race, yeah, I'll just retry it. You know. So it, it's got that going for you. There are some negatives though, in my opinion. The one of those being the whole mechanic of if you hit the back of another car, it dead stops you pretty much. I understand there being a consequence of doing said or running into the back of a car. I get it, and there should be, but this one destroys you. Uh, this is the truth. It is better to hit something on the side of the road and flip your flipping car than it is to run into the back of another car. Because if you flip your car, you can kind of keep going. Literally one race, I flipped my car <laughs> like on the last lap and still won the race. So it's less of a consequence to do a horrible wreck than it is to do that. But this is arcade as arcade gets. That's my. That's another one of my complaints. Uh, I'd much rather have a game that is that kind of skews the line of arcade and uh, simulation. I kind of want something that's sort of like uh, the the uh, oh goodness gracious those games on the Xbox, Forza Horizon games do a great job of this. And uh, but you know it's but for what this is, it's it's very good. And I haven't even talked about the greatest. The music on this game is incredible. Honestly, it's very very good. I really recommend you check this game out, even just for the music. It's quite awesome. So I'm going to give Horizon Chase Turbo, which is a name that does not flow off my tongue while I keep wanting to call it other things. I'm going to give this a solid 7.5 out of 10 for the little that I played it. I really liked it. If it ever goes on sale over here, because I am a broke artist. I'm an artist, and uh, that means I'm broke all the time, and it's true. I live up to that stereotype. I may get it if it goes on sale at some point. It's a great game. I recommend it. And actually, already, it's only like 20 bucks, which is, it's definitely worth that, honestly. There's a lot of content here. If you miss the days of those old, like, Top Gear or or, uh, or Rad Racer, this, this will scratch that itch for you fairly well. 
And the other thing that it really did was it really made me want to scream at Rare to please do uh, some more uh, RC Pro-Am games, because I miss those a great deal. But that's been your review! So this is the last episode of this horrible show. I'm fairly certain this show, the one that I do, is the reason that the uh, the channel itself tanked. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I am sorry. Uh, but yeah, this, this has been a privilege, honestly, to record my ramblings and for you all to listen to those said ramblings. I can't stress how much awesome you guys are. And I will stress that actually way more as we narrow down the 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 podcast, the actual the mother podcast of this Retro Blist. So please stay tuned for those episodes. Um we're very we're very proud of this show. I can speak for Trevor when I say this. Retro Blist is our baby. It really truly is. We uh we couldn't have a child, so we created one and that child I don't I don't know what I'm saying here. So I'm going to stop. But Retro Blist is our baby, and we we've loved doing this. We really truly have. So thank you all for the support. It truly means a lot to us, and for all those who've reached out to us. I mean, honestly, it's it's overwhelming how awesome you've all been. Thank you very much. Uh, this is me signing out of the Retro Held for the last time. Over and out. And let me just end this with my catchphrase for the show I'm sorry <laughs>